Father, I come before you, Lord, and I, I acknowledge how important your word is, how important this hour is, how important it is, Father God, that we know you, that we honor you, that we live for you, and Father, that we are known by you. Lord, I, I pray that you would use me as a vessel, as a human being, as your servant, Father, to proclaim a word, a message that wouldn't just, not it would not only be true, but it would be life transforming for those of us who hear today. Lord, I pray that this would be recorded in eternity. I pray, my God, that there won't be a single person, a single young soul or old soul in this place that will die and go to hell. So, Father, I pray that we would listen and obey your glorious gospel. Give me the words to say. Give me the strength to do so. I pray, Lord, I need you. I, apart from you, I can do nothing. God, awaken. Awaken these, these youth. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. <clears throat> I want to preface by saying that I, I'm, really, uh, I'm really happy to be here um, again. Um, I have a special, the youth have a special place in my heart. Um, I go into the juvenile halls every Sunday. I come here to Fresno to a middle school, and I also give a message um, to the youth. Um, I worked at a high school and would tell the children about God, and they would often, even up until today, are in my prayers. And so when I see you guys, I see myself uh, years ago. And so I want to say that my heart really goes out to you guys. I know you don't know me, and I'm not expecting any of you guys to know me, but I do want you guys to know that this is really important to not only me, but to God. And this is important to your parents, and this is important for your eternal destiny. Amen. Because we will exit this life one day, yes. and it may be tomorrow, it may be a week from now. And just because we're young doesn't mean that we're invincible. Our time will come. So I want to read um, a passage in Scripture. You guys don't have to turn there just for the sake of time, but it's in the book of Romans. And I don't want to get too deep on you guys. I want to be very basic here. But understand that these basic truths are so important. It says in Romans chapter 1, verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith. For faith as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Now I know some of those terms you guys are probably unfamiliar with. I don't know where we stand when we hear the word salvation and stuff that like that. It's like that seems like a big term. But understand this. All it means is saving. And whether we realize it or not, whether we feel it, we all need saving. Yeah. You need saving. I need saving. The only person who doesn't need saving is God. He is the Savior. Amen. And this is the message that Paul lost his head over. And so why do I mention that? I know that, well, 
It, it may sound like a rated R message when I say stuff like that, but it's in the Bible. And, and so I don't want to shy away from this. Because if the moment we shy away from the, the cross was rated R, so to speak. I'm not suggesting we watch rated R movies. But what I'm saying is it was gory. But yet there was something so beautiful and glorious about the death of our Savior. And so what I'm hoping to submit to you today is just that. This message called the gospel of Jesus Christ. The very gospel that would judge the nations, judge you and judge me and judge the world. And there is a judgment day. But I want to, before I go and ex um, explain what this message means, and you probably hear it all the time in youth group, but here's, here's the thing. I, I as an as a individual, I don't want to assume you've heard this before because there's so much at stake. And I will explain what is at stake. Just bear with me. <clears throat> I first want to explain that God is beautiful. God is creator. God has all power. God knows everything. He knows the hairs on your head. He knows um, all the atoms that composes your body. He knows all the subatomic particles that composes the entire universe and the world. He knows everything. And there's nothing you or I can do that can, uh, we cannot keep secrets from God. He sees right through our image. Whatever we want our, our friends at school to know about us. Uh, and it's, it, it really isn't who we are. God sees right through that. And He knows you more than you know yourself. And He, mo he knows you more than your parents know you. But He is beautiful. He is glorious. He is just. He is righteous. He is holy. Even now there are angels that cover their faces and they cry, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and who is and who is to come. Why do they veil their faces? It's because He is so powerful and so glorious that even angelic beings, angels, cannot look upon His face because He is that powerful. And that is the God that we cannot see, but He nevertheless exists. And He wants to know you. Amen. And He wants to know me. And that's the big question. Do we know God? Not about God, but do we know Him? Do we know Him? And does He know us? <clears throat> and I want to say this, in relation to that, is the majority of the world does not see that. They don't believe it. And that is exactly why they will run to other things. And they will run to relationships. They'll run to friendships and so much in the world because they cannot see this God they, the eyes of their faith, they have no faith to truly see who, how glorious He is, how beautiful He is, how uh, compelling He is, how He is really our everything. And, uh, <clears throat> and I want to read a passage of Scripture for you. It's in Romans chapter 1, verse 19 through 23. It says, For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For His invisible attributes, namely His eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. You know, all of us today, we're at without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor Him as God or give thanks to Him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools 
and exchange the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. And so what, what is this the result of? It, of not acknowledging God. And so I want to ask us today, do we go throughout our lives, do we go throughout our day, and we acknowledge God as Lord of your life, as the God of the universe, who has all power to destroy and to give life? Do we see that sort of God? And now, and to explain what's going on here, when it talks about that they made images representing birds and all this stuff, see, don't get lost in that sort of language. Remember, this is an ancient book. So what they were doing in their days looks different in our days. Today it looks like an iPhone. Today it looks like Snapchat. It looks like image. And much of that, if we place that before God, is idolatry. In other words, you make that to become your God. But the psalmist says this in the book of Psalms. It says they have, they have eyes, these statues, but they cannot see. They have ears but cannot hear. They have mouths but cannot speak. They are... Uh, unable to save. And so, why do I mention this? Is because in the book of Romans, Paul addresses, Paul addresses these people, which is the church of God, and he, and he begins to talk about those who don't know God, and, and the sort of lifestyles they live. I want to read another passage, it's in Romans chapter 1, verse 28 through 31. Listen carefully. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They're full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They're gossip, slanders, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil. Now pay careful attention to this next one. Disobedient to parents. Foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. And so, why do I read this, this description that God gives of mankind to you, although you're young? Because the fact that it says disobedient to parents implies this is a message to youth too. Not just older folks. And this is a description of those that God gives over to the lifestyle they want to live. And that is dangerous. That is horribly dangerous. Why is it dangerous? Because God hates sin. And He loves righteousness. Yeah. Psalm chapter 7 verse 11. God is a righteous judge. And God feels indignation every day. Or as the KJV says, He's angry with the wicked every day. You know if you're not a Christian, please hear me. God is angry with you. He is not pleased with you. If you're not a Christian, He's angry that's what the text says. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 9. The way of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. In other words, it's something that brings utter disgust to God. Zechariah chapter 8, verse 17. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another, and love no false oaths. For all these things I hate, declares Greg? No, declares the Lord. These things I hate. We hate murder, right? We hate when we hear about uh, innocent people, their lives being taken. And you know what God is saying? I hate that too. But you know what that might mean? He hates our lifestyle. He hates what we watch. And He hates what we love. He hates what we find enjoyment in. Because it's the very thing that placed them on the cross. 
And here's, here's the unfortunate part. And see, I wouldn't be talking about this if it wasn't biblical. Because I, I really am, I really am concerned about where myself, where all of us will spend eternity. And as, as someone had said before, I try to live by it. There's a man, he once said, I, I, I will preach as a dying man to dying man as if I could never preach again. So when I look at your faces, I'm speaking to you as if this is my last time I will ever see you and as if this was your last day. Because it might be. There's 150,000 people who die every day, who thought in their head, look it up, it's statistical. People who thought uh, today, I'm not going to die, I'm going to live every day as, it was my, uh, as if I have many years and I'm going to enjoy my family and then they get hit by a car or they die from cancer. And look at, look at to, to once again, to express this point that God is angry with sin. Look at what he says in Isaiah. And this is why I'm quoting scripture, just so you know that this is a Bible study. This is God's word. Isaiah chapter 63, verses 3 through 6. Look at what God says. This isn't a man speaking. This is the Lord. I have trodden the winepress alone, and from the peoples no one was with me. I trod them in my anger, and I trampled them in my wrath. Their lifeblood spattered on my garments, and stained all my apparel, for the day of vengeance was in my heart, and my year of redemption had come. I looked, but there was no one to help. I was appalled, but there was no one to uphold. So my own arm brought me salvation, and my wrath upheld me. I trampled the people in my anger and made them drunk in my wrath and I poured out their lifeblood on the earth. Once again, this is God speaking. What is this a result of? It's a result of sin. The Bible says in Leviticus that there's life in the blood. If you're without blood, you would be without life. And so why he expresses how he will trample the people in his anger and pour out his wrath upon them is because... The Bible says in Romans six, uh, Romans chapter six, verse twenty-three, the wages of sin is death. So I don't know if you guys understand the concept of wages yet. Like, say, if you work at McDonald's, and I don't know what minimum wage is anymore, but I think it's twelve dollars. But if you work an hour, you, in exchange for the that hour, you receive twelve dollars. Okay, but when we sin, in exchange, you know what God gives us? Can anybody tell me? Death. He gives you death. Let me ask you this. I've been asking this to people when I go out evangelizing in the streets. Do you think you're deserving of death? It's either A, you're blind, or B, you're a Christian and you've been saved by Jesus Christ. Those are the only two options. If you say no and you're not a Christian, that is evidence that you're blind and you don't know God. And it is true that His wrath is upon you. <clears throat> I want to read, so, and not only, and you, the further clarification, you might say, well, I'm still alive, what do you mean death? It's present separation from God, you're not in relationship to Him. And more importantly, now I'm going to read this. Now pay attention then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. And if anyone's name was not found and written in the book of life, 
he was thrown into the lake of fire. Revelation chapter 20, verses 14 and 15. Is your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life today? You know why this message is important? I know it's applicable to you. Is because as a youth, I too was, I got saved as a youth. I'm not sure if this story uh, resonates with you, but I pursued a lifestyle of crime and violence and, and drugs. And I did what I wanted to do. And I disobeyed my dad because I lived in an abusive home. And I said, I don't want to obey you anymore. I'm going to do what I got to do. And as a result, the streets raised me. And as a consequence of this lifestyle, I felt so empty. I felt so burdened. I felt so depressed. I was paranoid uh, every day knowing that any moment the cops can come to my door. I remember one day I was paranoid because I thought I had taken a man's life because I was blacked out in drunkenness. I'm like, man, man, I already know the cops are after me or you know, one of my enemies are after me. I was a double crosser. And whether you want to go the success route or the street route, let me tell you, life is empty without God. Amen. Life is meaningless without God. Yes. <clears throat> so let me let me sum this up. <clears throat> God is beautiful. He is good. He is holy. He is just. He's all powerful. He's the most valuable thing in the world that he is infinitely more valuable than even the lottery or family. You cannot calculate his measure. You cannot measure or calculate how much he is valuable. You know why? Because he is infinite. There's no beginning or end. If you earn, you know, a big check and you're a millionaire uh, or a billionaire. Thank you, brother. That money will run out soon. But you cannot calculate God. And He is beautiful. He, again, I, I want to keep emphasizing that. We, in this day and age where we want to be beautiful or handsome or we want to be accepted, God is much more greater than what mankind can give to you. But here's the thing. Because our love for sin, we're blinded and we do not see Him as valuable. And as a result of that, we see the world as valuable and precious. We run to that, then it damages our heart, it damages our lives, and it runs us through the dirt. That's why when at school, if you ever got bullied, you ever got excluded, were you ever mistreated, you know what that is a result of? It's a result of sin. When you compare yourselves to other, other girls or you compare yourselves to other boys, why? Because we want to be accepted. And it, it's, a, it's a byproduct of a heart that hasn't found rest in God. Amen. That's what the byproduct is. And the terrifying thing is that the consequence of that blindness and that sin is death, guys. Is death. You know, what really made me anxious on my way here and all day today is because when you die, you might not be with God. And let that sink in. A hundred years from now, you might be thrust out of the presence of God for all of eternity. 
I hate that. I, I, I wish that wasn't so. But if Jesus' pronouncement was true, and that broad is the path, and many are they who enter therein, and narrow is the path that leads to life, and very few are they who find it, I cannot assume that just because you're in a church that you're on the narrow path. And that's what breaks my heart. So I'm pleading with you, listen, it's not me. It's not God. God. But the glorious truth is that although God's judgment and wrath and fury and anger is upon you if you're not a Christian, which then leads to eternal conscious torment in hell, here's the glorious truth. Is that God so loved the world. That is the hope of mankind. That is the hope for me. That was the hope that set me free from the bondage of, of drugs. That was the that was the hope that set me free from all the, the depression, the paranoia, the fear, and all this other stuff in this life that was once empty when I had a revelation, when I understood how much I meant to God and that He loved me so much that He sent His only Son to die upon an excruciating death on a Roman crucifix. He loved you that much. And you might say, well, what does that even mean? Let me, let me read this in Romans first. But God shows His love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. <laughs> Since therefore we have now been justified by His blood, in other words, saved. Um, we're no longer um, on bad terms with God. Let's just put it that way. Since we have now been justified by His blood, in other words, because He died, much more shall we be saved from Him from the wrath of God, for if while we were enemies, you know some people are enemies of God? We're enemies, we're reconciled to God by the death of His Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. So God demonstrates His love for you in this way. Now we talked about how the wages of sin is death. There is no way that you can remove that. If it was, if it was not for Jesus Christ, you are utterly hopeless. And you're... Um, it's only a matter of time until you finally receive the consequences for sin. But the good news is that Jesus said, you know what? These, these human beings that I love, they broke my law. But what I will do, because justice demands that someone is punished, it's like if someone commits a crime, you can't just expect a judge to just let anyone to go away free, right? Well, similarly... God can't let you go away free. So He sends Jesus to take that death you and I deserve. We deserve death. But He takes it in love. In other words, He pushes you out of the way of the car and takes the hit and the blow you deserve. That's love, guys. And you know, every day He resists that, you're wounding His heart. Not because He needs you, because you need Him. Yes. You need God. I need God. He doesn't need you. He wants you, though. But the devil also wants you, too. He does. And He's real. Do not misunderstand, uh, misunderstand, uh, misunderstand that. <clears throat> 
I'll be coming to a close here. Now here's the solution. You must repent. You must confess your sins before God, not to a priest. And you must acknowledge that you are in fact a sinner, worthy of death. And you have to cry out to Him for mercy. What does repentance mean? It means a change of mind. It means that you, you, you no longer think you're a good person. And that you finally see who you are in light of a holy God. And the law that you've broken a thousand times over. And how you, you're worthy of punishment. And you change your mind about who you think you are. And you change your mind about who you think God is. That He is good. He is merciful. But He's also just. But that justice and mercy is shown in Jesus Christ. And so now what you must do is wholeheartedly cleave a hold of that. You must accept that. And, and confess your sins and cry out to God for mercy. Amen. The Bible says in Proverbs, it says, He that forsakes and confesses his sin shall obtain mercy. And if you will do that, he will forgive your sins. He will put his spirit in you to give you the power to do what is right. You and I don't have the power to do what is right. He will give you the power to do it. He will give you everlasting life. On the last day when the unrighteous and the righteous are resurrected, because you and I must give a personal account to God one day, you will be welcomed into His kingdom. But you know, there will be people who are excluded. And so that is my warning to us, is that if you do profess faith in Christ, if you say, I am a Christian, here's what must follow, is repentance and a change of life up until the time you die. That's what must be demonstrated. That what, if you do not have a change of life, and even if you stand here in the church today, and you say you're a Christian, and you listen to even Christian music, and you say, I've come forward to an altar, or I said the sinner's prayer, and there is no change, then you're not saved. And I, I want to... I want to say my last words. I hope, I hope that, I hope that these are more than words to you. I really do. I, I plead with you that you would plead with God. And I, again, I know that, that we're all, we are all in church here today, but I do not want to assume that we're all Christians and that we're right with God. I don't want to assume that. I've seen it too many times. And so, I want you to understand how, how long eternity is. You know, it's said that if an ant were to, to walk across the entire globe and keep walking around the entire globe over and over and over. I don't know if you've ever seen those cartoons where you're running back and forth and they, they, they pave uh, grooves in the ground for running back fast, real, back and forth. Well, however long it would take an ant to divide the earth in two, it said that a second in eternity hasn't begun. It's forever and ever and ever and ever. You live 10 trillion years. You're not a second closer to an exit than when you first began. So now let me ask you this. 
If after what you hear, what I'm saying today, you say, I don't care about that stuff. I'm going to listen to what I want to listen to. I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And I will take it up with God when I die. Remember, eternity is forever. Now, you will be able to uh, live in eternity with God where there's joy and the, there's peace and there's no more sorrow. There's no more pain. You won't ever have to experience someone give you another heartache. And He offers you everlasting life today as a free gift. Now what in the world would stop you from receiving that free gift? If I said you're in debt with a billion dollars, young ladies, and you're like, and they're going to throw you in prison until you pay the everlasting penny. I said, hey, you know a billion dollars is a lot. I said, I don't even know them, but I will give them that billion dollars. Let them go away free. I'm sure you can see your parents crying tears, not wanting you to depart. And so God offers you that today as a free gift. So I want to <coughs> close in prayer. Um, now I want to say this, one last thing, just so, so you guys don't misunderstand what's going on here. Because um, I've often heard it said that when I lift my voice, it, it appears as if I'm angry. I want you to know that I'm not angry with you guys. Um, I'm not. And I care about you guys, and I, I care about your soul. And God cares about you. And so I, I want to I pray for you guys. Um, Father God... I pray, Lord, that <coughs> I pray that every young kid in this place will come to know you. I pray, Lord, that they would really forsake the lifestyle of sin if they're living in it. I pray, Lord, that the peace and the love that you offer Lord, the unconditional love you offer, that you would manifest your love to these children today, Lord. Whether they've had uh, fathers walk out on them, or whether they've had been bullied at school, Lord, I pray that you would demolish all that has been done to them. I pray that you would replace that with peace and joy and love and hope. I pray, give them, Lord, uh, hope today. I pray, Lord, that you would, you would grab a hold of them and make them your own and, and that they would enter in a wonderful, beautiful relationship with you. Just as I have entered into a relationship with you, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you would do it even right now. I pray that, I pray that these words will ring true to them, God. In the name of Jesus, Lord. May we all have everlasting life, Lord. May we accept it as a free gift and not put it off. <clears throat> In the mighty name of Jesus.